one of the number one teams in the nation lost this week, but the voters didn't seem to care. Meanwhile, the true number one avenged an upset from a couple weeks ago. That's just the tip of the iceberg of this week's college basketball. I'm Alan Caps. That's Mikey Watson. This is Sixth Year Seniors. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I've been tired of losing to Purdue! I'm not here to round this week! That's why I got a college skip! That's why I was an All-American in Michigan! I could give a shit about North Carolina right now. Mikey, how you doing? You talk about all those vengeance and shit. I didn't know that St. Mary's lost to Gonzaga a few weeks ago. You're, I'm, I'm, you're breaking news here. We'll get to we'll get to that soon enough after our after our discussion about the St. Mary's and where they should be in, in a certain NCAA tournament bracket. Uh, says the guy who wouldn't put him in his top sixteen last week. Time time out time out time out time out time out time out. Hang just hang on hang on. Let me say what I have to say and then we can get on get on with it. There were two particular inclusions and exclusions in the in, in our bracket game last week that you clearly won and I clearly lost. So so good on you, old man. You, you still got it. <laughs> Shoot, I don't even know what the other inclusion exclusion was. Well, it was my inclusion as a four seed who proceeded to go off and lose two straight games this week. So Oh, oh yeah, those guys. <laughs> that team. Some some team. We're back to that again. We are. Okay, so, and and before we go totally off script here, Mike, did Duke lose tonight? Duke got their asses kicked. And and last time I checked, if you win your Super Bowl on Saturday and then lose in embarrassing fashion Monday night, that's grounds for saying, oh, ho, ho, y'all suck, blah, blah, blah. Saturday didn't mean anything because y'all couldn't win on Monday. That's the last time I checked. I I, I don't know. I don't know if it's still, those are still the rules or not. But I'm just saying, all right? Uh, there are Duke rules, and then there's some team rules. Was, yeah, something like that. We'll get to those guys in a few minutes. But let's start out with Purdue losing to their interstate rival, Indiana, 79-74 on Saturday. Trace Jackson Davis, who has been on a roll, 25 points, and somehow they survived a Zach Eady hurricane. Is that the the formula for beating Purdue? Is just let Edie get whatever he wants and and make somebody else beat you? Or I, I I don't know. I, apparently, uh, because nobody else did step up for Purdue, but by God, not without trying. Zach Edie almost beat him single handedly. Absolutely. Here we are talking about Indiana beating the number one team in the nation, but all you want to talk about is Zach Edie, thirty three points, eighteen rebounds. Is he the player? Is He's the national player of the year. It's like, it's over, right? Oh, it's got to be over. Yeah. Okay. The only reason it might not be over is he probably won't be the number one pick in the NBA draft, which will make some people think that somehow he's not the best college player. 
I hate those arguments. They're stupid. They're they're irrelevant. Who cares? I still don't trust Purdue in a big game. I, I just I I don't trust them in March. It's, it's going to come down to this where somebody else is going to have to step up and and be the complementary offense. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's there. I, we'll see. I don't know. I, 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 if I'm Purdue right now, I'm like you know what? We went on the road big time environment, hostile crowd, all that stuff. And we were in the game for 39 minutes and 45 seconds. I'm not losing any sleep over d- dropping this game to Indiana, but I, like I, said, I just, I'm biased, but I, there, there's, there's something that's off. I'm not sure what we'll see. Well, you had mentioned last week that Purdue might be hurt come March by lack of competition. Yeah. Well, here was competition and they didn't step up. And we're talking about the rest of the team. They were 14 for 38 from the field. Uh, nobody stepped up to help Zach Eady. He had nobody to be his number two. I'd rat, and, and that's this, this is great. Get, get punched in the mouth, see what happens. They needed a game like this, and, and, and this, this will be good for Purdue in, in the long run. I hope that they get tested a few more times. Well, they've already played Rutgers twice. I mean, who's going to test them? Who's well, left and, in the Big Ten? Are those, that shoot comments not meant to be shoot comments? <laughs> Rutgers might be the third best team in the league. So, what do you mean the third best team in the league? They're the second it, best team in the league. The second best. Team, so I, I mean, I'm giving I'm giving Indiana the benefit of the doubt here, just because just because they not, won on Saturday. No, so, and no. That, that's fair. That's fair. Rutgers I, that, won fair. at Purdue. Very good point. Very good point. Purdue still has a two game lead over Rutgers who's in second place. Meanwhile, Indiana is now in a six-way tie for third place. The Big Ten's a shit show. Purdue's going to win it going away, and we'll see how we'll see how much they get tested the rest of the way. So somehow they still remain number one in the voter polls, uh, but the number one votes were all over the place. I'll give that credit. Uh, in the AP, Houston received 22 number ones. Purdue had 38. Alabama and Arizona each received a number one vote, uh, and they are now third and fourth, respectively. In the coaches' poll, it's even more confusing. Purdue has 15 first-place votes, Houston 13, Alabama 1, number 5 Tennessee got 2, and number 6 Texas, who is in a dogfight right now with Kansas, got 1. Number 4 Arizona Zero first place votes from the coaches. Tennessee got first place votes after that performance in Gainesville last week. That's that's concerning, but okay, whatever. And, and then the the game that set basketball back thirty years against Auburn over the week. I was gonna but, say that that win against Auburn was worse than that loss against Florida. Worse than the loss. <laughs> oh man, it's hey, it's but we've been saying all year. It's 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 wide open. There's no clear cut team that's that's running away with it i don't think i think that you could if you want to make an argument for purdue or houston i I guess you can i'm not buying either one of those as far and away the you know the the you know the the huge favorite going into march it's fun it's it's going to be it's, it's going to make for a good tournament they're giving us back our covid year i'm sure of it but dayton's not undefeated and san diego state's not undefeated that's that's the that's the trade off on it yeah, we got, I, robbed, I, I, of, we got still, robbed of those stories. Yes, we, we, we got robbed of some stories, but I think we're going to get some stories. Rutgers might be one of our stories. 
Might be. Very well might be. I, I'm looking at the uh, the odds to win the NCAA tournament right now. There's only one team that is less than 10 to 1, and that's Houston. 650 if you want Houston. Purdue, Tennessee, Arizona, all at 10 to 1. Wow. All of the, and all of those teams are flawed. It's so ill. Oh, this is going to be good. Yeah, I, I can't. This is going to be fantastic. Would not shock me if some team that is at least 20 to 1. Did, wait, did you say some team? Did you say some team? <laughs> some team, okay. yes. Uh, some team is 30 to 1 right now, actually. <laughs> don't uh, don't take that bet. Uh, like, the, like the year that I gave you the North Carolina to win the national football title bet? Please, yeah, please do not, don't don't, don't do that it. again. <laughs> I, I'm at six year seniors west this week. We're, we're not we're not going down to the cold Sierra and, and, and making that play. Just saying. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Northwestern had to postpone a couple of games. The schedule caught up with them this week. They lost to Iowa. They lost to Michigan. They barely escaped Wisconsin. That one and two record dropped them as well into that third place tie. All those teams are seven and five, by the way, in conference. And it's, it's what, how many teams? Six, it's seven, six, six, six teams. Oh my God. Six teams tied for third place. But yeah, the big, the, the big 10 is going to have nine teams in the tournament. They're going to have produced the overall number one seed. And then the other eight teams are, are going to be like the entire seven and eight line. It's going to be hilarious. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking there'll be like a big 10 play in game on the number 11 line. There might be. Yeah. <laughs> one of those games or one of those teams that's tied for third place right now is Michigan who beat Ohio state 77 69 on Sunday. Yeah, Michigan's doing their thing. It's Ohio State that shocks me. They are now three and nine in the Big Ten and eleven and twelve overall. They've got all the metrics. They're number thirty-five by Ken Palm standards. They just can't win games. They're fading. They are absolutely fading. They can't finish. I, I, I don't. I don't understand it because the talent's there. Hear that, or what's going to happen is they'll be the team that comes out of the Big Ten first round and wins the conference tournament. Yes, yeah, they can make the run. That that wouldn't be surprising. Although at this point, I don't think anything in the Big Ten would be surprising. Uh, and and then of course they'll also get an 11 seed and make it to the Sweet 16 out of the NCAA tournament. Also in play. It's all in play for the Big Ten. Good lord. The other number one team in the nation, according to Ken Palm, which as we've all learned from years gone by, is what really matters. They defeated Temple 81-65 at the Owls home arena, not only did they win, but they covered an 11 and a half point spread. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Uh, there was no basketball. There was basketball uh, this weekend that set, set the game back. It was not the Houston Temple game this time. Houston just, just dropped a hammer coming out of the second half, said, no, we're not, uh, we're not playing around with you guys this time. We're, uh, we're going to take care of business. On the road, good win for Houston. Yeah, they trailed at halftime, 37-33. Started the second half with a 13-0 run and never looked back after that. As soon as Temple couldn't muck it up, they were never going to win that game. Yeah. Yeah, there was there, there was no running out the clock by the Owls this time. <laughs> True. Yes, that's right. We talked about Texas and Kansas going on right now. Texas is your leader 
in the clubhouse in the Big 12 after beating Kansas State on the road, picking up their fourth road win in conference this year. Christian Bishop, 14 points off the bench for the Longhorns. First time Kansas State loses at home this season. Big time win for the Longhorns, who have really shaken off this uh, this whole Chris Beard drama, and they're just going out and winning games. And I almost feel like it's you know we got some Ewing theory going on here with uh, with Beard being out of the way in Texas. It's just like all right, we're playing with house money now. We're not supposed to be, you know, we're not supposed to be here. And I think that's not a that's not a normal situation for a school like Texas. More so in football, yes, but even in basketball, I'll buy that. Uh, had a lot of hype coming into the season, and then all that happened, and they're playing great basketball. They really are. The, the thing, the Ewing theory, though, is supposed to be short-lived. They're way beyond Ewing theory time frame at this point. I'm shocked and surprised. I don't know how far Texas can go in the long run, but... They just keep winning basketball games. And they actually survived a, I believe it was a six or an eight nothing run to start the game uh, by Kansas. And as we speak right now, it's Kansas 19 to 14. Yeah, about 11 minutes to go in the first half. Long way to go there on the road at Allen Fieldhouse. T- tough draw there for, for Texas, no matter what. Especially Kansas coming off, uh, they, they got embarrassed at, at, at Iowa State over the weekend. Uh, some some of the Hilton magic going down there. The Cyclones just dominated Kansas for 40 minutes. Uh, never really let Kansas get back in the game in the second half. Uh, white hot crowd. Good stuff there. Iowa State bounces back after losing earlier in the week to Texas Tech. Yeah, that was a crazy loss for Iowa State. I think that one's going to haunt them. They lose the Big 12 by a game. It's going to be this Texas Tech game they look back on. They blew a 23-point lead. In six, 23 points with 12.37 to go. If that was Virginia, Virginia wouldn't be able to score 23 points. <laughs> Tech outscored them 35-12 to 12 in regulation, forced overtime. And the Cyclones still had a 79-76 lead with three to go in OT yeah. and lost that. Just just total gag job by the Cyclones there. And like you said, if they wind up a game out of the Big Ten lead at the end of the season, they're going to look back on this and say, what the hell? And the worst thing was, that was the Red Raiders' first win in the Big 12. Yeah, finally getting off Schneid, yeah. So I mean, at that moment, it was the worst team in the Big 12 beating the best team in the Big 12. Go figure. Go figure. Never an off night in the Big 12, even if you're hosting the, the, the worst team in the league. So we have talked a couple times, or we have mentioned a couple times, Tennessee. They lose to Florida 67-54 in midweek. But truthfully, I think that 46-43 win over Auburn was much worse than the loss. That, That game was atrocious. It was atrocious for 40 minutes. I watched... I watched. Oh dear about, God! You watched it. I watched about seven minutes of that game. It was seven minutes of my life I'll never get back. It was bad. The offense on each side was abysmal. The defense was good. Yes, I. It was. It was bad basketball. 
controversy at the end of the game. There, you know, was was the Auburn shooter fouled? I don't want to hear anything about being fouled. The defender was mostly vertical, and the shooter one took a bad shot, and two started flailing legs. There is a there is a picture that Auburn people were somehow trying to claim as evidence that it was a foul, where it looks like the shooter was trying to give the defender a body scissors because he was in the air <laughs> shooting and had his leg around like wrapped around the, the 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 Tennessee defender. Somehow this was supposed to be proof that this was a foul. I still don't know how the hell that happened the the officials thank god did not reward uh shitty offense with a bailout three uh, three foul shot call and tennessee won the game in knoxville but it was absolutely atrocious so now in the last two weeks we've gone old school pro wrestling last week it was the bow and arrow this week it's the body scissors yes i want yeah fantastic auburn was three of 27 from behind the arc and that's Pretty typical, actually, for a Tennessee opponent. They are allowing just 21.9% from behind the arc. Now, to give you some give you some clarity on this, the record for a season for defensive threes is held by Norfolk State at 25.3%. And I look back over the last 20 years, usually the best three defensive team is averaging 27 28%. Tennessee is at 21.9. Now, how much of this do you think is defense and how much of this is poor opponent shooting? Tennessee is a very very good defensive team. They have a they they run a very very strong man-to-man scheme. I I you have to credit the Tennessee defense for this. There is always statistical variability in this so i think there's also that as as part of it but that's also that, that statistical variability also played into norfolk state's you know record best so i think tennessee i think that's i think that's very legit and something that tennessee may be able to hang its hat on and really lean on uh in march because you know it only takes one hot shooter that can knock you out and if Tennessee is better than anybody else at limiting a hot shooter getting hot, that's a big time card they can play in uh, in the NCAA tournament. So for as much shit as we give the Vols about not being able to run offense, as they exhibited plenty on Saturday, their defense is more than capable of, of salvaging a game when they can't make shots. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on for Tennessee. They play Alabama in a couple weeks. Next and, week. Oh, oh, is it this coming week? It's not not this coming week. It's, the, oh, it's next yeah, week. Yeah, ne- okay, week yeah. week after that. Wouldn't it just be apropos if Noah Clowney finally breaks out of his slump and goes like six for eight from three against Tennessee? And it could happen. I mean, and, and I swear this happens in baseball more than anything else. But it's almost the, the one, either the one thing you rely on all season long breaks in the postseason or the one thing that has killed you at times during the season kills you in the tournament. So it's, it's, it's one of those Murphy's law things, I guess, but yeah, that would totally make sense for Clowney to finally get going against Tennessee. By the way, Alabama is still unbeaten in the sec, which means they are leading Tennessee in the sec. Absolutely. They crushed Vanderbilt 101 to 44 in midweek. 
that yeah, that, yeah, they were pissed coming off that Oklahoma loss last weekend, and they took it out on on the Commodores. It was bad. It was never close. A couple of statistical numbers here. They shot fifty nine percent from the field, nineteen for forty one from three. They averaged one point four four points per possession. I'm going to take a guess that any college basketball team that shot 19 for 41 from downtown has a pretty good win percentage historically. Just a, just a hunch. <laughs> I'm thinking so, yeah. I don't care if you were 19 for 80, you hit 19 threes, you're well exactly. on your way to victory. Exactly. I would think if you got 80 shots up, that means you're getting a lot of offensive rebounds too. So. Probably so. <laughs> Who's the who's the Division three team that does that? That only shoots threes, doesn't play defense, and wins games like 150 to 147. Isn't that Grinnell? Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. Always love those guys because about once a year they do something just ridiculously stupid and yeah. win a game by like 80 points while shooting 83s. Something like that. Yeah. Let's move over to the ACC, where as we spoke of. Miami just knocked off Duke, 81-59. We can't not talk about this. I mean, we can talk about this all night. That was a great victory by by Miami. Oh, 100%. I mean, it was it was it was a shit kick. In. <laughs> I loved it. That goes on top of having beaten Clemson on the road on Saturday, which happened after Clemson loses a horrible game to Boston College yeah. in midweek. All of a sudden, the ACC is all tied up again. Yeah, it didn't take much. And, and I still think that the ACC is, is better than it's showing. And I'm sure I'm sure there's a little bias coming through here. But yeah, all of a sudden, Clemson, Virginia, Pitt, all tied up top top of the league. Miami's Miami's looking really really strong right now. Duke beat Carolina over the weekend. Duke looks like they might be figuring some things out. NC State's white hot right now. And and you still got Carolina. You still got some team down there that has the tools to put it together if they ever decide actually, that they actually want to. I, don't sleep on the ACC as being an agent of chaos um, in the NCAA tournament next month. Because I think there's some teams down here that are uh, that are flying under the radar, relatively speaking. Oh yeah, I, there's at least six ACC teams that could either lose in the first round or get to the six Sweet Sixteen. Take your pick. Yeah, the ACC was down last year and had three teams in the in the final eight. And and I wouldn't be it would not shock me if it happened again. It's not going to be likely, but it wouldn't shock me. Because, again, I, I, the, 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 the parody here is just all over the place. Well, and they, have a, they have a sleeper team coming up as well. The team that beat Virginia, keeping the Cavaliers out of first place all by themselves. Virginia Tech is Virginia now... Virginia they're, they're only four and eight, but they've won three of their last four. And look at their schedule. They've got Boston College, Notre Dame, and Georgia Tech... They can be seven and eight after those three games. I think they, I think they will be seven and eight. Virginia, Virginia Tech was good early in the season, and, and then got banged up. They're healthy again, and and again, that's I think that's the third third year in a row they've beaten the Hoos in Blacksburg. Big rivalry win there for the Hokies, and and like you said, I, they're totally playing spoiler down the stretch here in the ACC, <laughs> like they did last year. What were they an eleven seed? 
in the ACC tournament? They were, they or were they an eighth seed and then an 11 in the NCAA tournament? They might have been the 11 in the NCAA tournament. They, they, I know they came from underneath to, to win the ACC tournament last season. So here we go again. Absolutely. I mean, they'll probably finish about 500 in the ACC, which would put them, well, probably about six, seven, something like that in the tournament. That that's a that's a decent place to be able to uh, to win a conference tournament from when you're hot. Yeah, definitely a, a squad to keep an eye on. Do you want to talk much about the Duke North Carolina game? Duke sixty three, Carolina fifty seven. Interestingly, both teams struggled in their midweek game leading up to them and didn't cover. The the pit game's actually more interesting to me than than the Duke game. Uh, I'll just throw that out there. It was a very very strange game. Pitt has Carolina's number. I don't know what it is. It's the the physical play. The the Cable brothers have chips on their shoulder. Jason Cable, Tar Heel grad, uh, is mad at everybody at Carolina. I don't know why. He has anger issues that he has to work out or something. I don't know. But Pitt went in there and punched Carolina in the mouth and, and made uh, made one more play down the stretch than Carolina could. Carolina had the ball up one. With, with 40 seconds left and turned it over and Pitt converted on their end. Simple as that. You execute down the stretch, you win the game. Carolina couldn't do it at home. Pitt gives the Heels their first home loss of the season. Look, I told you last week that the rivalry was over. Who cares? Duke Carolina, who gives a shit? I watched, I watched the <laughs> Not first. Not buying this at all. I watched the first. No, this is a shoot, brother. I, 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 I swear on this. I watched the first eight minutes or so of that game and did not see another play until the final 30 seconds of the game. Well, you flipped over to the Tennessee Auburn game. What's wrong with you, man? (laughs) We we had no signal at glorious Saturday night. So, and, and, and and I couldn't see the bar from where we were sitting, but I wasn't, it wasn't there. Like I was trying to check the score and and I couldn't even get a signal to update Twitter to check the score. That's how bad it was, but it's not like I was, I wasn't like pacing around like an animal around the restaurant trying to get a signal or anything. It was, I was just there. It was another game. So, so, so congratulations, Duke. You, you won the big game. ESPN, ESPN Twitter. Oh, the, the Shire gets revenge for I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? If you want to call that revenge for, for the way Carolina ended Mike Krzyzewski's career, both in Durham and at the final four last year, that's like, if you burned down my house and I'm going to get revenge, I want to get revenge on you personally by going up and taking the cigarette out of your mouth and stomping it out. <laughs> yeah, that's, re- yeah, that's revenge. That's about it. Get out of here, man. Who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> Carolina shot three free throws the whole game. That's not going to happen in Chapel I'm just, just a hunch. Just, just a hunch. Well, let's go to a West Coast rivalry that's nearly as big as Duke and North Carolina, or at least it once was, because uh, St. Mary's now has Gonzaga's number, 78-70. to 70. It did take overtime, but I came damn close to that 10-point prediction. What a gutsy win by the Gales. They trailed the whole way, and then and then when they needed to flip the switch in the final segment, they did. What a what an effort by St. Mary's to pull that one out. Now, Aiden Mahaney just all of a sudden lit up. He scored or assisted on 19 of the 21 points in the stretch where the Gales got back into the game and forced it in overtime. Big time win. I. 
I, I said last week that, that, that the Zags were going to win Saturday night and they were going to go on to win the conference. I'm wrong. I, I told you at the beginning of the show I was wrong, and I apologize. St. Mary's is legit. Note here on the format sheet, they got three road games coming up. Do you think they sleepwalk through one of those? They will sleepwalk through one of them, but they'll still win it. it Loyola, Portland, okay. San Diego. No, I none of those guys. St. Mary's would have to not only sleepwalk, but go into a coma. Okay, that bad. Gotcha. I'm feeling you. Okay. By the way, uh, St. Mary's was a three-point favorite, and the kids did not storm the court after the game. Wait, what? Huh? Oh, I, 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 I don't get this. Did my, by the way, did Miami storm the court after beating Duke? Oh, no. No, not at all. Okay. Oh, by the way, Indiana did storm the court after beating Purdue. As they should have. I'm fine with that. I don't know what the line was. Uh, okay, you're, you're, you're right. It was one and a half. Purdue was a one and a half point favorite. I wouldn't have cared, I wouldn't have cared if Indiana was favored. If, if you beat your in-state rival, number one team in the nation, you storm the court. That's just the rules. But yeah, it's St. Mary's, Gonzaga. It's not a rivalry anymore. St. Mary's is used to beating them. It's over. Now, now trust me. If they can win in Spokane at the end of the that, season, yeah, that's another story. That changes, that, that changes the uh, the trajectory here. Because sure. you, you know the Zags. If they didn't already have the game circled, there's it's a huge-ass Sharpie mark on that yeah, date now. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. St. Mary's isn't getting out of there without one hell of a fight. Absolutely not. You need a date circled on your calendar. Marking your next vacation, hit up our hit up our girl Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel. She can hook you up with your next destination on your calendar. Circle it, red X, highlighter. I don't give a shit. Just do it. Wait, 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 wait. You can't circle something with a red X. You you could you could circle you could circle it and the red X's, X's. are okay. I was gonna, X's are not circles. <laughs> you can do both. You, it doesn't matter. You can draw arrows however you want. Just pick Mikey, a date. not good with geometry. Not with good with geometry. Either. This is like kindergarten level stuff here. This is brutal. Um, Sorry for interrupting the commercial, Wendy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking the fourth wall. Hi, Cold Cabana. <laughs> Circle your date on your calendar when you want to go on vacation and then hit up our girl, Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel. She will hook you up with your next awesome vacation, whether it's Southern California, Florida, all major cruise lines, all inclusives, what, uh, whatever you need, she can take care of you. Uh, she's all over uh, social media, WP Magic Journeys on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I don't think she's got a TikTok yet. I hope she doesn't have a TikTok, but we'll, we'll, that's a whole different conversation. Uh, but yeah, custom-made itineraries for you and your traveling crew. What you need, don't need, want, don't want. She can take care of it for you. She is the expert. Tell her you heard about her on sixth-year seniors. She'll give you $25 off your next trip deposit. Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel. She makes the plans. You make the memories. I can tell you that Wendy Prater does not have a TikTok, and I can tell you that is the reason that the Chinese weather balloon was over the United States, was determining what Wendy Prater was doing, because they don't know what she's doing, because she doesn't have a TikTok account. Gotcha. There's, there you go. Simple How's as that. How's that for a conspiracy theory? I... I, I... <laughs> Yeah, look, look, you can't you can't say Biden's not doing anything about inflation. He shot down a goddamn balloon. All right. So. <laughs> Let's get back to college basketball. Head over to the Big East where Xavier got a huge win over Providence in overtime without their best player, Zach Fremantle. 
Jack Nungy steps up, 23 points, 14 rebounds. Xavier hanging on to their share of the uh, the Big East lead. A big time win for Xavier there. I was ready to start uh, start fading them here down the stretch, and they and they rebound with that big win in overtime over the Friars. Uh, can't say enough stuff about uh, Xavier right now. It's good stuff. Meanwhile, Villanova still struggling, even with Justin Moore back. In the three games that he has played, he's played over 30 minutes each game. He's been steady and consistent, but Nova's also 0-3 in those games. Yeah, it's just I was I was wondering if they'd get a bump with with more being back being back on the court and you know would would, would that turn things around just from a chemistry standpoint? It's just it's just not there. Good to see him back out there though, uh, playing 30 plus minutes. Yeah, I'm impressed that he's playing that many minutes right off the bat. Yeah. Modern medicine, man. Wonderful 100%. stuff. In the Atlantic 10, VCU has taken hold of the lead, winning at St. Louis, 73-65. Adrian Baldwin Jr., 37 points. Good Lord, filling it up. Atlantic. I'll say, is the 8-10 a one-bid league? God, that's the same question I was just going to ask. <laughs> I think I the think answer's it yes. Might, I think it might be a one-bid league this year. Nobody's really showing anything, and every time St. Louis steps up, they take two steps back immediately. Yeah, yep. Shocking, because, I mean, I've always been the one that's that, that's saying the Atlantic 10 deserves three, four bids and doesn't get it, but this year, the, the talent is just not there. Yeah, not yeah. it's, it's just not there this year. All, all the big guns are down, VCU, St. Louis, Dayton, and yet they're still top of the league. And then the newcomer Loyola Chicago is just taking a dump this year. Yep. I, I, I don't know if it's a coincidence or if there's something about moving into a bigger conference that has uh, set them on a string of losses. It could be a little bit of both. Let's head out to the West. We'll start with the Mountain West, the best conference on the West. No joke this year, too. I, they're better than the Pac-12. I swear they are. Yeah, thanks, Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, like, like the top of the the top of the Pac-12 is obviously better than the Mountain West. But I, I if if you go down to like like seven, I, I think seven in the Mountain West might be better than seven in the Pac-12. Oh man, I, I think five might be better than five. Okay, because we're talking about Oregon, who is maybe a first four out at this point, where I think Mountain West can get five seeds. There you go, right there. So this week, San Diego State loses to Nevada 75-66 in midweek. That put them back in a tie for the lead with Boise. So they just go out and blow out Boise 72-52 on Friday night. Tough spot for the Broncos having to go down to San Diego with the Aztecs coming off that loss. It was a, it was all set up for a, for, a, for a big SDSU win, and that's exactly what happened. San Diego State's bench... I think they scored seven points in the Nevada loss against Boise. They put up 31 points and 15 rebounds. You get 31 points from your bench. You're doing something right. Right up there with uh, hitting 19 threes. Exactly. What if your bench hits 19 threes? Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, If your bench hits 19 threes, you're really bad at putting together a starting lineup. (laughs) In the Pac-12, Oregon, as I mentioned, fighting for its life for an NCAA bid. They win at Arizona State on Saturday, 75-70. It was a must win. And and frankly, 
Oregon's got two more almost must wins coming up this week when they host the Southern California schools. They at least have to beat USC and play competitively against UCLA. 100%. Yeah, Oregon's margin of error is out the door here. They're 8-5. and five. They're tied for fourth with Utah and a game ahead Arizona State. But I'm just not sure if five Pac-12 teams are going to get into the tournament. No, I, I, I don't see it. I, I really don't. Or, or Oregon is, is at high risk right now. They have to take care of business down the stretch. Over in the Big West, Santa Barbara loses to Northridge on Saturday. Combine that with Long Beach beating Irvine in overtime, 93-88. Great game. Uh, Santa Barbara still has the lead in the conference a game ahead of Irvine. Irvine could have tied up Santa Barbara, and they play each other this week, I believe. It's, uh, it, it, it's coming up. It's on the 15th. So, so soon. We will sort the Big West out soon. No, no, no. We aren't sorting the Big West out until the last day of the season. It, we, may, we may sort it out next week. We'll see. By the way, Long Beach, with that win, has won its last six. They're now eight and four in the Big West. And that's why I don't think it's going to get sorted out anytime soon because Long Beach is coming up quick. Hanging around. Okay. In fact, that's what it is. That's what I was thinking of. Santa Barbara has traveled to Long Beach on Thursday. That's a really good game. It's going to be on ESPNU. Tough, yeah, and that's a tough place to go into, too. Not easy to win at the beach. Marcus Shahonis is going to get a little uh, national television exposure. He scored 28 in that Irvine game. He's now averaged 28.5 in his last four. His shooting prowess has corresponded with Long Beach's run. 28.5 ain't nothing to sneeze at. That's filling it up. In Conference USA, Florida Atlantic drops their second game of the season to UAB. Kind of thought this might happen. UAB has been underperforming all year. This was the game they needed, and they got it. Don't sleep on the Blazers going forward. I know they're only eight and five in the league right now. They're not going to win the regular season, but I think they have the makeup of a team that could make some noise in their conference tournament and steal its bid here. By the way, Florida Atlantic did have the longest winning streak in the nation. That now it gets handed over to Eastern Washington. I believe they're at 13 in a row, if I remember correctly. Wow. Do they play on a red court, like they a red do. field? <laughs> oh, they, they do have a red football field, yes. I'm not I sure about if, their court. I didn't know if they did the same gimmick on the court. They are now at 14 wins in a row. Okay. Got, in fact, I got to see them. They came to Sacramento State on Thursday. Oh, and, that's uh, right. They played well. They jumped out to an early lead. They were up 30 to 11. I want to say 10 minutes into the game. We were like, oh, this is going to get ugly. Sac State started to come back. We're like, okay, maybe they can get within single digits by halftime. Sac State actually got hot from behind three, took the lead at halftime. But then Eastern Washington got themselves back together, made a big run early in the second half, and it was over. They ended up winning by 19. Damn, all right. And and I, I have one complaint about Eastern Washington. The last names on their jersey are in cursive, for one. And oh, I no. swear are written in like 10 point font. You can barely read them when the kid's back is right in front of you. I know I'm old. I need reading glasses, but damn it. No, no. 
these are way too small names on the back of the jersey. Uh, I'm going to have to look these up now, but yeah, this this sounds bad. And I've and I've seen some I've seen some of them gimmick jerseys with the small font. They're bad enough as it is in block letters. If they're in cursive, oh my god. Hey, and and by the way, also I have become a fan now of this kid Casey Jones. He's Kurt Rambis 2.0. I swear he's probably blind without glasses. I swear they're an inch thick. He's Danny Ainge and Kurt Rambis. If they could oh, have a god. kid. Oh no. <laughs> That's horrible. I, he was in people's faces. He's a great defender. He's fierce rebounding. He just he does everything right. Okay, I'm about to do, go all Mike Gundy here. Oh, he's no. a kid who does everything right. But I, he's <laughs> he's a he's a glue guy and he's fantastic and he's going to annoy the hell out of some Power Five player that oh, that's God. supposed to be an All American. This sounds horrible. Over in the Colonial, Charleston dropped another game to Drexel, and they've now fallen into a tie with Hofstra for first place. All of a sudden, Charleston's easy route to the NCAA tournament isn't so easy. Uh, no, absolutely not. Didn't quite, uh, didn't quite see this coming. Another team that had an easy route and now doesn't, Kent, loses to Akron 67-55. Akron pretty much dominated that game. I got to see quite a bit of it on Friday night. They were up by at least five the entire second half. I saw a decent chunk of the more game, more of this game than I was expecting to watch Friday night as well. And, and yeah, Akron got out in front right, right out of the gate and really just kept Ken at bay the rest of the way. In that conference tournament, only the top eight teams get in. And right now, Eastern Michigan is sitting ninth. Ooh. Now we want to see Amani Bates. They've got to pick themselves up and start winning some basketball games. Very good point. They're at Buffalo on Tuesday. That's a game they need to win, even though it's on the road. Buffalo's two games ahead of them. That would get them into the mix for that eighth spot. Amani Bates not even getting to the conference tournament would be sad and hilarious at the same time. <laughs> yes. I, I'm, I'm starting to enjoy him right now. The last few games. I know. Yeah. He's, he's playing well. And in fact, their last game against ball state, they lost in overtime. Fantastic game. And he was obviously the best player on the court. Yeah. But boy, that Eastern Michigan team has got to be really, really bad. If you got somebody that talented and can't win basketball games. No kidding. And in the Metro Atlantic, I'm not going through this Mac stuff anymore. Mac. Siena drops another pair of games to teams that they shouldn't be losing games to. Manhattan and Niagara. Hmm. No, you know, if you're Siena's got to win those games. You can't you cannot drop those games if you're seeing if we want if we're supposed to take you seriously right now. Come on. Yeah, they they're now behind Ryder and Iona, who they've beaten already. But those four losses, Niagara, Manhattan, Canisius, and Fairfield, have a combined conference record of 23 and 29. Jesus. They win the games they're supposed to lose. They lose the games they're supposed to win. I don't understand yep. them. Colgate dropped a game in the Patriot. That was their first loss in conference play. They still have a two-game lead over Lehigh, but American nicks them 61 to 60. Colgate's still the still the cream of the crop there. Nothing to nothing to worry about. I don't think so. Yeah. 
I, I, I can't see anybody touching Colgate when it matters. Yeah, exactly. In the Sun Belt, Louisiana knocks off Marshall 77-67. That keeps Louisiana atop the Sun Belt, along with Southern Miss, drops Marshall two games back. Yeah, Marshall was looking so good a few weeks back, and all of a sudden now they're now they're chasing. It's it's been back and forth in the Sun Belt. It's, it's been good. The gig with Marshall, something to watch, is they're not a very deep team yet. They run a lot. Wondering if the season's starting to get a hold of them, and they're a little tired. Possibly. In the Ivy, Cornell drops a pair of games, and they're now in a three-way tie for third place with Brown and Penn. They lose to Princeton, 89-82, and Penn, 92-86. And, of course, one of those three teams will not make the conference tournament, so something's going to have to give. They're only a game behind Yale there, so it's not like two. It's like three teams playing for two spots at this point yet, but something's going to have to give. Yeah, the Ivy only plays one game this week rather than the usual Friday-Saturday doubleheader. Cornell at Brown, big game this week yes 100 percent. in the whack utah valley wins at utah tech 76 69 that was enough to keep them atop the western athletic conference while all the teams around them faltered southern utah lost at utah tech stephen f lawson lost twice on the road and seattle right now is on a four-game losing streak mid-season doldrums i i, I that's the best I got. Utah Valley just got lucky that they weren't playing on the weekend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you, you let everybody else around you lose. Sometimes that's the best strategy. <laughs> In the SWAC, Alabama A&M pulled off a huge upset, 82-61 over Southern. That dropped Southern into a tie for first place with Alcorn State. Hmm. And to give you an idea, I, I had a little time today, and I was able to put together the SPCA tournament, Uh-oh. which is our gimmick of the worst teams in the NCA in a tournament where you have to win to get out. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they are five and five in conference, so that eliminates them from the SPCA tournament. Good on you, Alabama A&M. So, so are, are we still doing the gimmick where where every the conference champions get automatic bids? Yes, yeah. So or, the, okay. the, the worst team, <laughs> the worst team in the conference gets an automatic bid. Actually, we'll get to this in just a second because there was a game in the horizon that determined some of the top four seeds in the SPCA tournament. Oh wow, we have high stakes here. We'll go to the top of the horizon conference first. Youngstown State. 91, Wright State, 89 in three overtimes. This was crazy. Wright State's Trey Calvin tied the game in regulation and in all three overtimes. Oh, but wow. In the, but in the third overtime, he left 5.5 seconds left on the clock. Youngstown's Dwayne Cohill goes all Danny Ainge against Notre Dame, coast to coast for the layup victory. Oh, wow. Tremendous. So that keeps Youngstown atop the horizon, along with Milwaukee and Northern Kentucky. But here's the game to watch, because IUPUI defeated Green Bay 68-53. Yeah, I saw IUPUI got a win. They did. It was their first conference win of the season. That avenged a defeat to Green Bay back on December 5th. 
And that was Green Bay's only conference win. Oh, good Lord. So IUPUI is number 360 in Ken Palm. Green Bay's 362. Only Long Island is worse at 363. Where's Louisville? Oh, uh, Louisville, I believe, was like about 220 or so. Oh, wow. uh, and by the way, they are, a, they are a 13 seed in the SPCA tournament. <laughs> their fir- win to go <laughs> Their first game is against number four, South Carolina State. Oh, man. But yes, the, the top four seeds in the SPCA tournament are IUPUI, Green Bay, Hartford, and Long Island. So I, I this is funny because there's some fun games in here. You know, the 16s obviously are the last teams to get into the worst tournament. So they're actually yes. the best teams involved. So, so good. the play-in game for the 16 seeds is Texas Tech against Pepperdine and New Mexico State against Colorado State. Wow. It's shocking to me that Colorado State's been sitting in last place in the Mountain West. That's great. That just shows you how good Roddy is and how much better he made players. Yeah, you're not you're not lying. First round games in Beaumont, Texas. Yeah, and, and of course the uh, the finals, unless you have a better place, is in Bakersfield. Is in Bakersfield, yes. <laughs> Which actually could give Bakersfield a home court advantage should they continue to lose. They are a 13 seed. <laughs> <laughs> I love this gimmick. So maybe because nobody else wants these games, maybe they play the entire bracket in Bakersfield. They might, yeah. Why not? Let's ship everybody out there. Well, so let me get to that. Because I I, I have a question to pose to you here. Uh-oh. Detroit beat IPFW 85-52. Antoine Davis scores 32 points. He's now 268 points behind Pete Maravich with seven games to go. He needs to average more than 38 points a game. What if, however, after the end of the conference tournament season, Detroit's, say, three games under 500, and Davis is about 50 to 60 points away from Maravich's record? If you're the CBI or the basketball classic, do you invite Detroit? I would, because you've, you've got a gimmick you can sell now. We gotta exactly. be carnies here. You gotta be carnies here. Exactly. What would Bill Watts do? I and I was looking at this last year. The CBI last year took fourteen and fourteen rice. The classic had four sub five hundred teams, including a fourteen and fifteen Detroit squad. There we go. We've got a precedent. So here's the other thing. If Davis is say fifty to sixty points, you know, away from Maravich, do do you do you ice the, uh, you know, the, the opponent's card, like Stern supposedly did the draft way back when, <laughs> so that Detroit gets an opponent they can beat so they can have a second-round game. You pull every gimmick out of the book you can. Where this, is, this is Vince McMahon trying to keep the belt off Steve Austin territory. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm thinking it's inviting the Mulkey brothers and having Detroit have them as their first-round opponent. Why not? And, well, and hope Detroit do doesn't go all West Coast tag team champions <laughs> on them. <laughs> they beat him, Tony. They beat the Gladiators. Why does the Gladiator have a Southern accent? He's from the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I agree with you. 
if, if they're within shouting distance, I'm taking Detroit and I'm giving them the worst opponent I can find. 100%. Hell, I will, I will invite Long Island and have them play Detroit in the first round of my tournament. Let's go. Sign us up. You know, what, what, what's the line? There's no such thing as bad publicity. Absolutely. Why not? We have an interesting situation in the Northeast Conference. Stonehill is your current leader. But guess what? They're not eligible for this year. The NCAA tournament? Nor the conference tournament. Oh, no. I asked you a few weeks ago what a Stonehill was. All of a sudden, now we're now, now they're back up here because they keep winning. They're at third place Merrimack Thursday. Guess what Merrimack's not eligible for? The NCAA tournament. Oh, my God, what a shit show. <laughs> Merrimack is going to play in the conference tournament, though, for what it's worth. But, yeah, what what if you have Merrimack winning the conference tournament and Stonehill being your regular season champion? It's, it's I want to say that the Northeast Conference uh, tournament representative will be in a playing game in Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> and an underdog. <laughs> And they will play in the SPCA tournament as well. Yes, doing double duty. Finally, in the Missouri Valley, you've got four teams tied atop the conference at 10-4, and four, four other teams within two games. Lots, lots of action to be had uh, in the Valley. Getting good again. So on Tuesday, 10-4 and four Drake is at 8-6 and six Murray. 10-4 Belmont is at 8-6 Missouri State on Wednesday. And then on Saturday, Drake hosts 10-4 Southern Illinois. Some really good games going on there. I believe uh, it's simply called The Valley is their streaming network if you want to catch those games. There you go. And speaking of catching games, let's get to this week's schedule. Let's do it. Tuesday is a hell of a night for college basketball. Uh, you need not only picture-in-picture, picture, but picture-in-picture-in-picture. In picture, in picture. Uh-oh. At 3.30 Vegas time on Fox Sports 1, Marquette is at UConn at the very same time on the Big Ten Network, Rutgers at Indiana. The second-best team in the Big Ten at Indiana. Yes, I'm glad you got that right this time. Okay, just, I just want to make sure we have that we're on the same page. Meanwhile, half an hour later... On the mothership, your some team plays at Wake Forest, while Auburn is at Texas A&M on ESPN2. Some team beat Wake Forest in Chapel Hill last month. We'll see if they can return the favor on the road. Now they've lost a game at home, so now they've got to they've they've got to get one back on the road. Might as well start here. Maybe 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 some team will wake up. The doubleheader after is fantastic too. Uh, a triple Arcan at 6 p.m. Arkansas at Kentucky on the mothership. Maryland. Uh, at I'm Michigan. not worried about. I'm not worried about Kentucky. Come oh, on. you're not worried about that. I'm not worried about Kentucky. Come okay. On. Maryland at Michigan State on ESPN two, and then TCU at Kansas State on ESPNU. Mike Mills needs to get back soon. ACC Network, six Vegas. NC State, a hot NC State team at Virginia. If State is who the State fans think they are. We'll see what they've got going into John Paul Jones Arena. And then late night, 7.30 start, Nevada at New Mexico on Fox Sports 1. 
That's a hell of a night of basketball. It really is. That's a that's as loaded a Tuesday night as we have had in a long time. That's good games up and down the card. It gets a little weaker the next few days, so take Tuesday for what you can. On Wednesday, 3.30, Fox Sports 1, Creighton at Seton Hall. At 4, you got Iowa State at West Virginia on ESPN2. Not on the West Virginia Sports Network. Got it. Not on the West Virginia Sports Network. There, there, there were other there were other West Virginia schools with sports on the West Virginia Sports Network over the weekend. I'm just saying. <laughs> at 7 p.m., San Diego State at Utah State. More Mountain West action on CBS Sports. Could be a tricky spot there for the Aztecs. Other game I'll note, uh, Florida, uh, as, as good as they looked against Tennessee last week, maybe trying to right their season uh, in Tuscaloosa to take on the Tide, 6 o'clock on the Deuce. I'm not buying into the Gators at all. Wouldn't surprise me if either. wins that by 20. Well, yeah, I'm not either, but we'll see what happens. On Thursday, as big as Tuesday is, Thursday is really slow. Best game of the night might be late, 8 p.m. Vegas time on ESPN2, USC at Oregon. Along with that, Santa Barbara at Long Beach on the U. Yeah, kind of kind of a quiet night. Well, the number one team in the nation hosts Iowa. I, I don't think the Hawkeyes got anything for Purdue. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, at 5 on Fox Sports 1, a sliding Northwestern team travels to a sliding Ohio State team. Is it possible for neither team to win that game? Uh, don't rule out a COVID outbreak. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, a, a Minnesota game scheduled for, I think, tomorrow has already been postponed because of COVID. Just saying, if, if, you, know, if you want to find a way for a team to, for both teams not to win a game, that'd be the answer. On Friday, your best game of the day, 5 p.m. ESPN2, St. Louis at Dayton. See if the A-10 can can get something going here. Maybe drum up a second team, but it's going to take somebody doing something special. And then Saturday. Saturday is a great day of basketball, as it usually is, but this one especially so. 9 a.m., either on the Deuce or ESPNU. I'll be shocked if it's on the U. West Virginia at Texas. Good game there. Good game. Mountaineers coming down to, to Austin. See what, see what the Longhorns got for them. At 10 on CBS, Kansas is at Oklahoma. Point this out only because Kansas has not been doing well against the spread on the road or any of the above. And actually, as I look over here, Texas has come back to tie that game at 43 with 17 minutes to go. Hmm. And we saw what Oklahoma did to Alabama in Norman. We'll see if they got if they can muster up a similar effort for the Jayhawks. At 11 a.m., again, picture and picture and picture, Connecticut at Creighton on Fox, Alabama at Auburn on either the Mothership or the Deuce, and Rutgers at Illinois on Fox Sports 1. Connecticut, Creighton, that's some, some Big East implications there. Clemson's at some team on, on the Deuce at, uh, at 11. Oh, you see that as on the Deuce? Because that's the flip game of Alabama-Auburn. So Clemson and Carolina are on the Deuce? Yeah, it looks like Clemson and Carolina on the Deuce, Alabama-Auburn on the mothership. At 1 p.m., you have Duke at Virginia on ESPN and Baylor at TCU on the Deuce. At 3 p.m., we've got Indiana at Michigan on ESPN 
and Oklahoma State at Iowa State. Pretty much, if you find a Big 12 game on TV, watch it. (laughs) Then you get into late night, 7 p.m. on ESPN. My God, you may not even have to turn the channel from ESPN all day on Saturday. Just leave it on. Yeah. At 7 p.m., UCLA at Oregon. Oregon in almost a must-win situation. 100%. They've got to get the job done against USC, and they really, really need a win here over UCLA. Playing them tough would be nice. Winning the game would be better. Late night get-back game, Fullerton at Hawaii on the plus. Hey, that's not bad. We're going to the island. Well, what is Hawaii doing on the West Virginia network? That's Who the hell knows? (laughs) Somebody made this call. they got to do something about that. On Super Bowl Sunday. Got a couple of games worth watching before the Super Bowl. 9 a.m., Temple at Memphis on ESPN2. At 11, you have Purdue at Northwestern on the Big Ten Network. Northwestern got anything for for the number one team in the nation? I don't think so. I, they've been playing with smoke and mirrors all season. Uh, kind the, of smoke, the smoke has given them cancer and the mirror's broken. Ooh, yeah. No bueno. On Monday... Miami of Florida at some team at 4 p.m. on ESPN. Jesus. The 6 p.m. game, it's a Big 12 split, either on ESPN or ESPN2. West Virginia at Baylor, Texas at Texas Tech. Don't sleep on Texas Tech. We saw what they could do last week. So, Wouldn't that be crazy if the only two wins Texas Tech gets all year in conference is Iowa State and Texas? Yeah. Go two and sixteen, and they knock off Iowa State and Texas, <laughs> and then win That'd the conference nice. tournament. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then, then we get all ten teams in, in in the dance. That's great. And once those games are done, you'll be able to go to your favorite podcast website and listen to the newest edition of Sixth Year Seniors. Absolutely. Who do you got in the Super Bowl? Philly. I love Jalen Hurts. I love, Jalen I love the Hurts. running game. Jalen wins MVP. How about you? Uh, I hope they can pull it out. We'll see. It sounds like you're already becoming a Chiefs uh, a Chiefs hater. Has Patrick Mahomes started to become Tom Brady 2.0? Oh, God. I kind of hope not. Well, actually, it'd probably be 3.0 because Aaron Rodgers has become Tom Brady 2.0. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is Tom. Yeah. I, I, I hate everybody. It's it's horrible. <laughs> it's just... just I, I, I hate the NFL. Just uh, everything about it. It's brutal. Well, this will make for I'm, an easy four as you end this show. Just give us all the quarterbacks you hate. Oh, no. I'm, I'm not going to do that. I, I, I guess I could do that. God, that's a long, that's a long list, though. How about, we just do, <laughs> how, about, how about we just go old school here? Old school Super Bowl Sunday. Well, we'll look, we'll make it, we'll make it simple here. Look, I got nothing else for the listening audience. For Joe Montana, Terry Bradshaw, Joe Namath, Kenny Troy Aikman, Bart Starr, Kenny Stabler, Staubach, the 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 works, the original Manning, Archie. Even though he, he knew, never I, appeared in a Super Bowl, he never appeared. In, I don't think he sniffed a Super Bowl. So. <laughs> For all those old dudes, and that old dude over there, that's the best producer in the business, Alan Caps. I'm Mikey Watson. We'll do this again next week, and, and maybe it'll be mo- more coherent. Maybe not. Who the hell knows? But we'll do it right here on 60 Seniors.